Here we are. Right now. And today, I'd like to talk about why making sense doesn't make sense. But before we get into that, before we start that conversation, I thought I would take a few moments to just give a personal update. Give a quick rundown of what I've been doing, just in case you're interested. So, I have been away from podcasting. The release schedule has been on hold, and that was because I was on a meditation retreat. So, I was there for a total of 25 days, and I was actually serving. So, I was working and cooking, cleaning, running the schedule, helping out on the team. On the team, <clears throat> pardon me, I was helping out on the team to have the course run. And it was actually two courses. So it was two 10-day courses. So, wow, it feels, it feels good to be back. It feels really energizing. It feels crisp. It feels like, once again, things are difficult to put into words. Things are deeper than just the words that surround them. And I'd like to talk more, probably, most likely, about my experiences on this meditation retreat, because I learned a lot, I encountered a lot, there were a lot of challenges, and it's part of what we do here, is we discuss and share experiences of transformative practices. So, Maybe in a separate episode, you can look forward to that. Maybe we can have a whole conversation about it. But today, as I said, I'd like to talk about why making sense doesn't make sense. Now, this is very important to understand. This is something that can save you so much struggle, so much confusion, so much mess in so many ways, in so many levels, if you can really understand it. When we talk about making sense, there's really a few different things that we mean. Firstly, there is making sense to another person. So if we sit down and have a conversation and I talk to you, then there is the making sense of me to you. So it makes sense between us. It's clear to both of us. Then there is also the making sense to yourself. There is the making sense within your mind, within your being, within your experience. And for that to be, apparently, is to have things sit comfortably within you. And when we talk about understanding the world, or understanding existence, or reality, then you see very quickly that Making sense really isn't enough. It's really not deep enough. And I would say to that, the thing you want or the real core of it is, how do you relax 
into the world? How do you relax into your place into the world? How do you relax into what it means for you to exist? And the term making sense doesn't help with that. The term making sense is not deep enough for that. Now, there is more to this as well, which is that if we look at this from a few different layers, we can say that making sense is something of the mind, something that is cognizing thoughts. And even within that, we can split it into a few different things because you can cognize something and yet still struggle to articulate it with words. So speaking clearly and having your thoughts articulated well within words through speech does not necessarily equate to perfect cognizing or comfortable cognizing or whatever you want to say, beautiful cognizing or relaxed cognizing. Now, granted, you would assume that that mostly is the case, right? If someone can speak clearly, they can think clearly. You would assume that. And in some cases, well, of course, that is the case. That is the point. That is why people learn to speak. That is why people learn languages, learn structures. But this, I wager, is still only a half intuition. It's a it's a it's an unbaked intuition. It's an it's an idea which tries to get at something important and yet even if you follow it through to its end, it's not enough. Let me say it another way. Let me say it again in perhaps more simple words. Say you want to understand the mind, or say you want a clear mind, you want simple thinking. You would say, you would think, you would have this intuition, which is that you'd want to have clear speaking or clear language. And that's true, but only to an extent. Because there is a relationship between the mind and reality, which is finite. There's a, there's a bridge there that cannot be crossed. There's a gap there that cannot be crossed. Now, I'm all for clear speaking. I'm all for clear thoughts. I'm all for articulating things in a beautiful way. I love speech. I love things that are well-organized. I love things that are planned and uh, and designed and refined and made to look nice, made to look neat. And it's a worthwhile endeavor to do that with the mind and with your speech. But to think or to feel that that is the way to making sense of the world or making sense of reality or making sense of your life. That is a false hope. 
That is something you must not fall into. And the other side of it is that we're not just working with the relationship between your mind and reality. We're also working with your relationship to your mind. And that's where it gets interesting. That's where we really start to dig deeper. This is where we start to look at what exactly is going on. And when you look at your relationship to your mind, it's a little bit tricky because you're inside it in a certain way. It's your mind that explains your mind. It's your thoughts that are about your thoughts. And if you really look into this, if you really go into it, you can just spiral out into nothing. You can just stay in tangles forever and ever. It's perfectly possible to do that. Here's the thing about the mind. It's possible for it to go on and on and on forever. It can just keep folding on into itself. It can keep coming up with things. And that, in so many ways, is why it's so tricky to see through it. That's why it's so tricky to sort of step back. It's almost like it's almost like the difference between being in a conversation with someone and not being in a conversation with someone and yet still being able to hear the conversation. Say, say you and me are talking. And we're talking face-to-face and I've really got your attention. And you're really listening. You're hanging on to every word. Then you are in that conversation. Now, in the same way, you can be in your thoughts. The thoughts have you. The thoughts are the thing that is completely occupying your current experience. Totally and absolutely. Now, the other side of it is that, say we have me and someone else having a conversation and you actually start walking from a distance and then you walk past us and you hear a few words and you might even come in and join the conversation by standing near us and just listening to what's going on. Now, the person that I'm talking to if they've given me their full attention, they are going to be in the conversation, whereas you will be on the periphery. You'll be a little bit on the outside. You might not be totally convinced. You might not even really understand what I'm talking about because you've heard half the conversation only. So you're sort of, you're sort of able to like, you know, tune out and look at something else or sort of say, this is interesting. Is it not interesting? Is this boring? Do I want to keep listening to this? I've got my own ideas about what he's saying. Oh, I wonder what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. And that would mean that you're on the periphery. And that would mean that you're not in the thoughts in the same way. Like, I I hope this is clear. I hope the correlation is is simple enough to understand. I'm I'm trying to make it as clear as I can. So, the conversation that you're in is exactly the same as the thought that you're in. And in exactly the same way, you can 
step out of the conversation in the same way that you can step out of your thoughts. So with that, we have opening up a whole realm of things which are beyond thought. There are things that aren't cognized. There are things that can't be put into words, things that aren't discovered through talking about them. And all these things, well, we most often, when we have these sorts of conversations, call it experientialism. And for what I'd like to talk about today, or for what we're talking about here, I'd like to call it coming back to your senses. So it's so funny that we have this phrase, coming to your senses. Let's really look at this. Let's go into this. This is important because this, this, gets, at the fr- this gets to the heart of the issue, which is why making sense doesn't make sense. Look at this. Even, even in the phrase making sense, let's really unpack these. Let's look at these. So we've got this phrase making sense. It's funny that it's making sense and not having a sense. Can you feel the difference between those two phrases? Making sense and having sense? Like if I ask you, can you make sense of your life? That's very different to, do you have a sense of your life? That puts you into a different space, albeit temporarily and very, in a a very subtle way. Can you make sense of your life? That would kind of lead you to a kind of explanation. Why are you doing the things that you're doing? Why do you feel the way you feel? Why is it that you're speaking this way, in this place, relating to these people? Whereas if we say, can you get a sense of your life? Well, then you're, you're really sort of, see, I'm lost for words. Like there's no, there's no way to really put that into words. Now, here's a funny little trick which we're coming up against, which is that with both of those questions, you're going to answer in words. Both of those conversations, both of those expressions of you are going to be in words. No matter what the question is, whether it's how do you make sense of your life or how do you have a sense of your life, both of those are going to be answered. Both of those questions will be answered in words. And the difference is hinted at through words, because I'm explaining it to you right now. I'm using words right now to explain it to you. But still, the difference is there. Now, let's circle back a bit and take a look at this other one, which is coming to your senses. Now, think of all the times 
this phrase is used, coming to your senses. I've come to my senses. I finally left that job or left that relationship or left that place that I was living. I've come to my senses. I've found this new resolve. I've got this new outlook. I've got this new motivation. I've got this new hope. I've got this new dream. These are the sorts of things we associate with the phrase coming to your senses. And it really does, most often I would say, imply something structural. Like you wouldn't say, oh, I came to my senses, I forgot to boil the water for my cup of tea, I came to my senses. No, that's just forgetfulness. So it's not a phrase that you use for just little mundane things. It also implies something that, it it also implies a change which has led on to other things. It's a change that has brought you something which has forced you or made you able to maintain that change. It's a change that is able to change things moving forward permanently. And let's really look at this. Like, what does it mean to come to your senses? And I, I'm right now feeling this, this giant leap that we need to make across into experiential techniques. Because that's the only way that we can actually literally come to our senses. And that really is the answer to all of these things that we talk about. That really is the answer to making sense of life and the world and our place in it and what is going on in this reality. It's to come to your senses, literally. And what that means is actually stepping away from thoughts. It means being nested in perception. It means drawing your importance, your awareness, or your attention back to what you are perceiving. And that means what is in front of your eyes right now, visually. It means what can you actually see? Like, what sort of colors are there? What sort of lighting is there? What sort of darkness or shadow is there? What sort of textures are there? Is there any movement? Is there anything going back and forth? up and down, something coming into your field of vision. And what can you sense in your body? What can you feel? Is your skin cold or warm? Are you a little bit sweaty? Is it a hot day like it is today for me where I am? How's your posture? Do you have a sore neck or sore back or some stiffness? Are you relaxed? 
Are you tense? Now, all these words that I'm using, like relaxed and tense, they're really just words that are trying to get you at something. These instructions have something different about them because they put first the need to be nested in sensory experience. Now, if I was to ask you, how do you make sense of what you can see? That would be very different. I could also ask, how do you make sense of what you feel? How does it make sense to you what you can see and what you can feel? Can you explain what you see? Now, a description is different to an explanation. Because if we're talking over the phone and I say, well, what can you see? And you can describe it. Then I can get a sense, in a way, of what you're seeing. And we have some shared understanding. But if I say, why is it the way it is? How did it come to be that way? Or for what reason is it this way? Then you're into this thing of supposedly making sense. And I mean making sense in the term as it's most often used, which is not what it really means, what it truthfully means, what it deeply means. So I hope that's at least a start on what it means to make sense. It really means to come to your senses. And I would wager that there are many ways in which this phrase, making sense, is used, which is of no sense at all. It's very much far removed from sense. And I also don't want it to be too much like I'm... I'm not, I'm not pushing this idea that, like, like, don't get me wrong, that we can't engage with complex ideas. We can't engage with complex thoughts. Now, that's another, that's another little trick that you can fall into, which is, it's, it's almost like the opposite of what I'm saying, which is that you say, well, let's be nested in our perceptions and let's be nested in our feelings and our sense of vision and sense of taste and sense of hearing and all the rest of it. And that becomes a reductionist view itself because you can say, well, I can't see global warming. I can't see epistemic issues. I can't see political issues. I can't see cultural issues. So they must not exist. How can I perceive cultural issues through the eyes? And of course, this is a falsehood. This is a problem because you can see 
the cultural issues through the eyes. It's just that when you're looking, you've got some sneaky thoughts coming up, which is giving it some analysis. It's giving it some judgment. When you look at someone and you really perceive them talking and it's very immediate and you're completely in tune with them and you're really perceiving them, you are also perceiving the cultural issues, the epistemic issues, the global issues. Global, global issues exist at very fine microscopic points of human interaction. And they're minuscule. They're tiny. So it's not enough to be able to see only one side or the other or to be able to explain a phrase like making sense in multiple ways. It's not enough. You really, you really need to be able to do all of that and something more. You need to be able to explain it in multiple ways and yet not let that explanation turn into a thing of its own. That's the tricky thing about the mind. That's the tricky thing about explanations. It's that you can always, you can always flip it around and say, oh, well, here's another explanation. Well, what about this? Well, here's another explanation. People do this all the time. If you really sit down and cross-reference someone, if you sit down and you cross-reference someone, you see so many contradictions. You see, well, you were saying this over here, and you were saying this over here, and these two things, when brought together, don't make any sense. I can't understand it at all. They're complete contradictions. And that's the case with anyone. That's the case with anyone who's speaking. Words. Except, of course, those people that know that they're not making sense. There is a difference between the people that understand this. And really, <laughs> really in so many ways, when, when you really look at it, it turns into the theatre of the absurd. You know what that is? It's just the, the comedy. The comedy is just hilarious. The contradictions, the, the tensions... The, the reversal of, of assumptions, the reversals of how you thought the world was, is an absolute joke. It's, it's laughable to think, like, to, to make sense of the world, like, to make sense, it's, it's a joke. It must be a joke. Because there's no way you can make sense. You want to make sense of the world with this puny little brain? Like, sure, we talk so much about big mind, and that is a thing, that is a phenomenon, that is a personal phenomenon, which we've talked about 
in the past, and we will talk about again, but if we leave that aside, if we leave that aside for now, which we need to, which we do have to at times, and we really look at this, we can say, well, like, like think this through like really basically, really simply, like do you think that your tiny little brain, your, your microscopic single brain, just, just you can make sense of the gargantuan that is the world. Like you, you are an ant in a massive hive and there are thousands of hives. It's complete delusion to think that there's any way that you can understand this world, to grapple with the magnitude. It, it's complete, complete delusion. Just, just look at the size of you and look at the size of the world. An ant can walk around thinking for its whole life anything that it wants. It can think it's some great warrior. It can think it's a hero. It can think it's doing the the noble work of the queen, which in some ways it is. (laughs) The ant can also say, well, I'm autonomous. I'm not, I'm not a slave to the queen. I want to do this. I want to look for food. Brings me joy. Brings me fulfillment. But whatever that ant thinks, whatever it tells itself, there's always going to be so much more further beyond that it doesn't get, that it doesn't see. Now, of course, it can open to those things. Well, maybe not an ant. Maybe the ants are limited in certain ways. But humans at least can open to things. You can open to existence. And the way to do that is not through more understanding. The way to do that is not through more explanations. You don't need a better explanation. You don't need a better description. You don't need a better theory. You simply need to open to it. And the mystic understands this, and the mystic is someone who identifies with their ignorance. In so many ways, the mystic is the most ignorant person. The mystic understands how small they are, and therefore actually makes it one of their high values to be ignorant, to be unknowledgeable. People people actually work actively on undoing their knowledge. Do you know this? There are institutions that are designed to remove knowledge, to remove the mind in order to come back to the senses, in order to open to the magnitude of existence. 
So those are a few words about making sense. And I guess the only thing I have left to ask is, does that make sense to you? <laughs> I tried to explain this to one of my friends. I said, I said to him, making sense doesn't make sense. And he goes, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. And I said, well, of course it doesn't make sense unless you understand that when you make sense, you're not making sense. And then he said, ah, now you're making sense. <laughs> uh, do you get it? You're following me? Does it make sense? Or are you still sort of, you, you might be scratching your head thinking that one for a while. <laughs> See, see that's 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 exactly the trick. That's exactly the trick. I've really already said too much about it, right? You don't even need you don't even need to say anything more than making sense doesn't make sense. Anything more than that wouldn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. I think I think we need to wrap this episode off. I'm going to go and take a bath of irony and just laugh myself into a stupor. So, have a beautiful day. My name is Dosta, and we'll be back very soon with more. And that's all I have to say for now. <laughs>